Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. I want to give a quick shout out to all of our content producers out there. If you're a person that is passionate about creating content around cryptocurrency, blockchain, fintech, and just helping people understand everything that's going on in this space, then I'm talking to you. We would love if you would become a Cryptocurrent contributor. If you go to our website, we have a form that you can fill out so you can start to share some of the amazing content that you are creating with our audience. So please sign up today and we look forward to working with you soon. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent, your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a really special guest all the way out in the Bay Area who recently was at Consensus, unfortunately didn't get the chance to meet in person, but was glad to at least be in the same facility uh, as Consensus was a really solid um conference that we both got to attend. We have Linda, who is the head of ecosystem at Oasis. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me to your show, Richard. I really appreciate it. I'm sorry we miss each other in Austin. Hope you have fun. I had tons of fun. <laughs> oh, I had a great time. Um, hopefully next time you come, it won't be in the dead of heat of the summer. Um, but um, I know that next time I go out to the bear, I'll make sure to, to reach out as well. So hopefully we can connect that way. But um, I know I'm excited to learn more about everything you have going on over at Oasis. Can you just give us a little bit of more uh, information and background on yourself? Uh, for sure. Yeah. So my name is Linda. I'm head of ecosystem at Oasis. I'm at Oasis and manage cross-functional teams of product, marketing, community, business development. Uh, it's a lot of work. But I enjoy it. Uh, it's like steep learning curve. Um, every day. Uh, and I've been with the company for over two years and a half now. And I can see the learning curve is getting steeper and steeper. And um, it's uh, quite unusual, to be honest, um, because, uh, you know, after you've been with the company for like a, a while, this kind of like learning curve is kind of plateau. But I think I just got very lucky because this industry just like, it, it doesn't, it never stops. Uh, it's like, there's just it so many new things popping up and so many new developments. Uh, Technology-wise, market go-to-market-wise, applications-wise, there's just so much to uh, to learn and digest every day. So, uh, very happy about it. Very happy about being in the industry, and uh, and very happy about learning new things every day. For sure. So, what was your first introduction into the Web three space? Like, when did you first hear about it, and then what made you want to decide to enter this industry with Oasis? Yeah. So, a little about myself. Like, um, so. Before blockchain, I was uh, primarily in finance, investment. My first job was like lonely equity fund. And then I uh, moved over to hedge fund. And then I moved over to early stage VC. Uh, it was actually in VC uh, when I uh, got exposed, massively exposed to uh, blockchain. Uh, because I think it was late 2017 and tw- uh, 2018 where I started to meet uh, quite a few uh, crypto and uh, protocol blockchain founders. And it was at that time, I remember um, the deals I look at, it was just, they were just drastically um, different from the, your typical equity deal. And the terms are different. Uh, it's a token deal versus the equity uh, deals and everything. And the, the way founders talk about 
their uh, um, you know uh, their vision is also very different uh, and uh, from a uh, like say a software uh, developer tool uh, block uh, a project or something and then usually at that time I remember uh, when found the typical equity deal they would, would pitch that and everything and the crypto is let's start with a white paper and uh, so that's like you know uh, very different and it just really got me interested and uh, in terms of web3 specifically I really have to own to uh, our founder, Professor Dong Song, uh, founder of Oasis. Um, so it was like, I was listening to her talk and then she talked about like uh, why she started Oasis, this kind of building the responsible data economy uh, and uh, make sure everyone has, uh, you know, uh, data rights and everything. I think that's, uh, it hit me pretty hard in the sense that it really resonated with me uh, in the sense that it's the first time I started to think about, oh, the current way, like how we transact data, uh, where like the owner's data are not necessarily being involved in the whole value chain, um, just because things, um, you know, are the way they are, uh, the way they have been, does that mean that that's a sustainable approach and solution for the foreseeable future? Probably not. So that kind of, I started to have a question mark around uh, what that means, what ownership means. Uh, and uh, after some com- several conversations with her and uh, we kept in touch. And then uh, eventually she uh, just, be, you know, I, I I really resonate with the vision Oasis has. And then uh, I joined the team uh, in uh, 2019 and, um, and I really enjoyed the work here. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's stay there. So uh, you come from a, you know, traditional finance background, uh, working in a lot of, of, of things from, uh, hedge funds to the venture funds to um, now being in the the, the age of, of Web3. And after, you know, having multiple conversations, uh, speaking with uh, the founder of Oasis, what was it about the mission of Oasis that made you want to be like, okay, this is the company that I want to work for. So tell us a little about well, what is Oasis and, and what is the mission that y'all are going after? Yeah, for sure. Um, so in a nutshell, Oasis uh, is a leading privacy-enabled, uh, scalable proof-of-stake uh, layer one blockchain network. Um, so we are highly scalable. We are we you know provide low gas fees uh, and uh, very secure. And we're actually the first uh, to propose and build this kind of like modular um, architecture design in a sense that we separate execution from consensus. So if you look around like Ethereum. Um, they do everything, execution and consensus um, at the same layer. And now you have layer two Ethereum solution and everything. Um, But Oasis, we realize this kind of issue to be able to scale and solve other issues. Uh, It's important to have this kind of modular modular architecture, uh, this layer architecture where we have a consensus layer, on top of that we have the compute layer. And uh, the compute layer uh, is where things get interesting. Uh, It also is something very unique about Oasis that we can be very versatile in the sense that if you look around the Web3, uh, the, the common competition in the industry right now is primarily EVM compatibility, like EVM compatible right. in the Solidity environment, uh, and uh, you have DeFi, NFT, crypto gaming. Um, certain part of gaming is on-chain, certain part is off-chain. It's like a very, right. it's still very And real niche. quick for the, for the audience out there, EVM is Ethereum virtual machine. So basically something that can connect back to the Ethereum uh, ecosystem. Thank you so much, Richard, for the context. <laughs> Appreciate it. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, but as the industry continues to evolve, especially like if our vision is, you know, Web three 
uh, is not just the, the small, like compared to Web 2, it's still very like, small, tiny fraction, right? If our vision is to continue to move forward with Web 3, we need more compute demands uh, in the sense that there are going to be, just as you have in Web 2, you have wide spectrum of uh, compute demands. Uh, and uh, as we move forward with Web 3, you need a platform to cater to different types of a computing map that's a goal way beyond just the EVM compatibility. So that's why Oasis is best positioned to solve those issues in the sense that we're vers- very versatile. We have a computer called parallel runtime, sure, for pair time. So we have EVM compatible pair time. We also have a web assembly, um, confidentiality enable. We also have, we're actually about to launch confidential EVM pair time and there'll be more. Uh, and, uh, and obviously the platform is decentralized. So we're open to third party building pair times as they continue to see industry evolve and the bring and each pair time uh, is built to uh, cater specific um, compute demands uh, as industry continues to, to, to grow and develop. So yeah, so that is um, um I will say um, definitely, I think we provide a good foundation for or building a, a, a critical pillar to move for, move uh, Web3 forward. And uh, and that's uh, that's really exciting. And um, and um, yeah, so. Uh, uh, yeah. And, right. I mean, it, it's cool to see that y'all are attacking a lot of the challenges that a lot of these other layer one protocols are uh, missing, right? And. Right. One element of it with it being private and scalable for for DeFi, of course, you have a lot of these DeFi players that are trying to come in, but you're having both, um, unfortunately, some security challenges and you're also having some issues with, uh, as they have some success, um, being able to 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 scale it out. So, and, and, and one of the things you mentioned was the parallel smart contract layers. Um, can you kind of explain that a little bit more? Because I believe that's something that's very unique to OXIS. The parallel runtime, pair times, yeah. layers. Yeah. So basically, uh, so currently we have uh, three pair times on the network. Um, so we have EVN compatible pair time. It's called Emerald pair time uh, that you have a DeFi, NFT, your typical EVN, uh, Solidity-based apps there. And then we have uh, another pair time called Cypher, which is WebAssembly-based uh, and uh, uh, with confidentiality, privacy-preserving compute uh, enabled. And we also have parcel pair time, which is the uh, targeting like enterprise applications, and we're about to launch the fourth one, uh, which is confidential EVM paradigm, basically to give um, Solidity developers uh, opportunity to build privacy dApps in Solidity, um, because we recognize the industry, uh, the community where like you know um, the crypto community, uh, developer community are still primarily Solidity based. Right. Um, developers are more into Solidity versus uh, other languages, and we do want to give. Uh, um, those up, uh, those developers out there, an opportunity to use the language they're familiar with and uh, build privacy layer on top of existing their private uh, is their application. Um, so that could be like we're talking about in DeFi. So we you, we build DeFi, right? Um, so their decks, their lending, everything. And uh, but the current DeFi is primarily targeting something like. Um, like crypto enthusiasts, like traders, you know, like they want to do like margin trading, you know, leverage trading, like borrow more money to do some trades, right? But is that what lending uh, is? Is that just lending? Is that just like the only thing about lending? You know, lending, uh, we think is supposed to solve some people's real financial issues. Could be your student loan, could be mortgage, everything. So how can DeFi be part of that real world uh, use cases? Um, currently, there's there's isn't much 
um, besides trading. Um, but that's a good starting point. So, so to be able to tap into real world use cases, you need like linked with you know real world identity. Like the DeFi needs to be reputation based, credit based. Uh, it cannot just be everything be over collateralized because if you kind of over collateralization doesn't really solve a problem. You need to have tons of money first, right? Yeah. But the, the real issue is that you don't really have a lot of money uh, in your portfolio yet. So yeah, so make sure it's reputation based, credit based. That also requires uh, privacy technology. Um, so we are. We're building the rails and we're looking for uh, developers. We have some developers in pipeline, uh, project in pipeline. We're definitely looking for more developers. Like help us kind of like build this together. Like, you know, how do we enable reputation, uh, identity, credit-based uh, lending, uh, DeFi in general to solve some of the real world uh, financial issues uh, such as student loan, unbanked, you know, all these uh, issues that people are facing uh, in their day-to-day life. Consistently, and and uh, we've seen some um, over collateralized issues that have been uh, happening in the market. For for those who are listening to this, you're probably hearing about everything that's happening over at Celsius, um, and you've also had you know some other challenges that are coming up. And 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 with this, you, uh, there's a kind of, of a consensus around the idea of trying to figure out how can you do. Um, not necessarily background checks on people, but like how can you give an online profile to them to align credit towards them so you can understand like how safe with risk profiles of the amounts of of types of loans that you would give to people using different DeFi protocols. And, and one of the ways to be able to, to do this um, is through security. So uh, you, you've brought up security quite a few times um, about Oasis protocol. And, and if you could take a moment, like, how is the security on this different from other layer ones? So for example, like a, a Ethereum. So how, how is these, the security being set up on Oasis to combat against some of these other uh, layer ones? Hey everyone, just wanted to let you know about all the amazing content that we're making for you exclusively over on YouTube. You can stay connected to crypto's top stories and trending topics with the Aftershock. Every Wednesday, join Cryptocurrent Steve Miller and myself for a brand new discussion on what's going on in the wild world of Web3. If you want to learn more about cryptocurrency and blockchain but don't know where to start, Crypto Decrypted will cover everything from basics and fundamental analysis to the advanced concepts of technical analysis. Join Chris K every Thursday exclusively on YouTube to get this content. Finally, if you want to take a deeper dive into the world of NFTs and learn more about all the latest and greatest and what's happening in that space while capturing alpha, join Steven on NFT Thursdays exclusively on Twitter Spaces on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We hope you're enjoying our content. And if you're enjoying it, please like, subscribe, share, and leave comments so that we can continue to give you the content to keep you cryptocurrent. Yeah, so I think this uh, the layer architecture allow us uh, to be uh, secure, um, like you know, you separate the, uh, the execution from consensus. So that's this kind of layer approach. I think um, by nature allows you to be uh, fairly secure. And each pair time, remember each runtime is kind of like in its own zone. So they're not really contaminating uh, with one another. They're not. If something happens one one pair time, will not affect things on the other pair time. So that allows you kind of like, you know, separate things out. Um, so it will not cause much damage uh, or collateral or have other things become the collateral damage if something bad happens to, to one thing happens on a network. So I think these these kind of like separate uh, execution from consensus uh, definitely uh, is, uh, is is one way that we uh, 
we stand we stand out uh, in the uh, in the security um, kind of arena and uh, and also because because of this kind of design uh, we're able to be very scalable uh, and um, because uh, you know each runtime computation you run the transaction compute in one pair time but you know in other pair time they run uh, computations uh, transactions on their own which is not necessarily affected by the speed uh, happening on other pair times so that allows them to to uh, to uh, to, uh, to to scale as well and uh, and also you know we talk about like you know this also allow you to target um, different types of compute demands uh, out there so um yeah it was uh, I would say it's really owing to this um, modular architecture um, design separate uh, execution from consensus. I think that's probably going to be the uh, the the direction where industry is going. Yeah, I, I I can see that, and it definitely again to your main point of scalability is a, is a big element of this, and to to not have it at the same time as consensus really does like help to parse out some of the vulnerabilities uh, with a lot of these layer ones. But something that you mentioned earlier, the the calling out to developers to come and build on top of Oasis and, and how it's being, you know, built with um, solidity, et cetera. You have um, the, the Oasis Foundation looks like it has uh, the ability to apply for grants right now. You're looking for people to run nodes. Uh, people can be ambassadors on this. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit more about all the different ways that people can get involved with Oasis Protocol right now? Yeah, so we definitely have quite a few programs and I can uh, uh, walk everyone through it. Uh, so we, uh, I think the first program we launched is the grants program and uh, we call it Rose Bloom uh, and a grants program. And uh, so, yeah, we target Web3, uh, we target uh, crypto gaming, uh, DeFi, data, data doubt, responsible data economy, any kind of application related to to, to that area. And uh, yeah, so it's been going pretty well. We have a pretty rich uh, kind of like a pipeline uh, there. And uh, Second program we have is the ecosystem fund. Um, so we announced last year that uh, at the time it was 160 million, and with quite a few backers um, being core contributors to the ecosystem fund, um, such as Electric Capital, Pantera, uh, and NGC, uh, and Jump, and some other big players in the industry as well. And, uh, and then we just continue to receive like overwhelming support. From uh, from the industry, um, so early this year, I think um, that fund size um, grew from 160 to 235 million um, now, uh, with Binance Labs uh, joining joining the fund as well. So we do believe those backers, uh, those contributors, you know, they came in with such a strong industry knowledge and experience. They have seen cycles. They have helped so many developers out there. Um, they have rich portfolio on their own and help those founders um, fine tune their ideas, um, brainstorm, go to market with them. So we definitely value their their value add here. So yeah, so this is fun. Um, same thing, you know, we we want developers uh, who are building really interesting Web three develop uh, applications uh, that could be a confidential NFT, could be crypto gaming, could be um, 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 data DAO, uh, any sort of applications that central applications that regarding um, uh, privacy. Um, yeah, so basically things that can move Web3 forward from where it is now. Uh, definitely, uh, um, you know, for, for entrepreneurs, founders, teams out there, uh, if you are building something very interesting, definitely apply. Uh, on our website, we have a, um, you know, designated portals for that. And we also have a accelerator program. Um, so one was actually about to conclude, uh, which is uh, 
is a joint satellite program with Metamines. Uh, and we also recently started another one with DepRadar, uh, and, uh, which was primarily targeting uh, some uh, gaming-related, uh, crypto gaming-related uh, applications. Yeah, so, uh, and also have hackathons. Yeah, we actually recently concluded the, the, the Oasis Bloom hackathon, and uh, it was... Uh, it was quite successful. Uh, we have over 1,000 high-quality submissions, and we picked the winners already, uh, and uh, it was on our blog post. Uh, winners out there, you know who you are. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to do more hackathons in the future. Uh, and, uh, um, yeah, so, so the next next phase uh, uh, for Oasis, um, definitely um, we want to we use a program we currently have and, that, uh, can, you know, combine with more hackathons in the future to really help people, entrepreneurs who have the vision to build a better data economy, build a better Web3, and find those like missing, miss, like white spaces that haven't been, um, the hard problem haven't been really tackled uh, and give them uh, some sort of support to allow them to assemble the team and build the product they're passionate about. For sure. And I mean, those are a lot of really cool programs that you've been able to create to help grow the community incentivize people to come keep building on Oasis and again, give them resources to be successful uh, while also being in, in this, uh, being a part of Oasis. Now, one of the things that uh, we kind of talked about, uh, you know, pre coming on the show that I think is important for us to kind of go through here is how amazing just the Web3 space is and, and how you think it's going to foundationally change um the way the world is headed. So of course we've had, you know, web 1.0, 2.0, and now we're headed to three. Can you kind of just talk through like how you've seen things evolve over the decades and, and, and why web three is an incredible space to be a part of? Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, definitely a very interesting topic these days. Uh, and uh, right. So if you look, we look back in the history, right? Like a web 1.0 is uh, we started in the eighties and nineties. Uh, like it's your, you know, AOL of the world, you know, you can only read, you can only pass it, receive information from the web. Uh, you, that's, that's the age where like, you know, digitized magazines and the newspapers and stuff. That's a good starting point uh, back then. That was definitely a good starting point. And then we moved to web two. And then you not only beyond reading, you can write, you can post photos, uh, videos, you can post comments, you can interact with people. Uh, you start to contribute on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, on TikTok, all these uh, channels, amazing channels. And uh, I think Web3 is about not just being able to read and write and being, being able to own because uh, that was not necessarily enabled or empowered in the Web2 world. Uh, Web2 is primarily like you do contribute data, but um, the transaction, unfortunately, uh, was only happening primarily between uh, some conglomerate, uh, some platform, and, uh, and the data buyers uh, that could be ads buyers, could be brands, could be many players in, in the industry. And we all know that. And I, we do think, you know, data is not just, a, is more than the, 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 what it is uh, in the Web2 world. It's actually, your, it's actually your digital property, something you own. If there's something you own, um, does that make sense that you are always being left out? Uh, from the value chain and not even being invited to the table. So we do think there's something that we could improve here. In the Web3, like, you know, where I, I mentioned like data DAO, something like that, uh, like, you know, uh, a couple of times uh, in my um, uh, earlier, uh, is that data DAO is not just about like DAO or anything. It's essentially just a 
to create this kind of governance and incentive kind of like mechanism to allow data owners to be part of the value chain. Like when they share data uh, with data buyers, uh, they can actually be rewarded uh, for, for their contribution. And the data owners, not just like how they want to sh- how they want to uh, share their data, such as you know right now they share data with the, the platforms, right? Like, uh, and the platforms have all the right in terms of oh, I want to share this data with some of the top brands in the you know food, food and beverage space, let's say Coca Cola or something. Like they have the right to choose who to share the data with. Um, but is that the right thing to do, uh, or can we give the, this kind of like? how I want to share my data, give that like, like the option back to the data owners. Um, like for instance, I don't want my data to be shared with those brands. I only want my data to share with some university, NGO, uh, medical research institute or something. I want, like there's a certain vision goal that I want to like, kind of like align with my personal mission and goal and everything. So can I have that right to not only like I'm, I probably don't even care about being rewarded, but I want my data to be preserved, to be shared with only like a wireless organization out there versus just uh, any brands, any institutes uh, out there, right? So I think that is what Web3 is about in a sense that you own and you have the right to choose how your data is being shared, like what that ownership actually means. Um, you know, like it's not just about uh, like owning NFT or something. It's about... Um, whom I choose to share my data with and how I want them to use my data for. And um, yeah, and then, and uh, essentially, hopefully being uh, rewarded for a little bit of contribution I, I do uh, or we do uh, to facilitate some of the bigger mission out there. So uh, yeah, so I think that's that's something just like, I mean, it's really big vision. And yeah. I think we're still kind of like getting started to solve this big puzzle. And right. that would require some like basic technology, right? Like privacy is definitely uh, like just like core element of this. Without privacy, like you cannot even get this done because um, no one will share data. Yeah, like we can have Web3, but if we don't have privacy, the data is just out there. It's on the public ledger. I don't think that's what people want, right? So yeah, so we do think I always is we're building a crypto um, critical pillar to facilitate um, this, to support this uh, move forward in, in the future. Um, but yeah, but essentially that's uh, what uh, we are most passionate about is uh, to invite data owners. Basically, acknowledge data is actually your digital property. And second, um, have data owners be back at the table um, that they're supposed to, to be at the table um, from the get-go. It just uh, We got carried away with Web2 in, in many areas and then uh, uh, hopefully we're back to the value chain soon enough. Yeah, and I, and I think that you brought up one of the main points of Web 3.0, which is the ownership piece. By being an owner, by being a participant, you can get ownership in the various platforms that you are participating in. And while you drive value to ecosystems, you are rewarded for that value that you're driving by having ownership. And this is, in a lot of ways, is still being like refined out or even the ability of uh, to have more choice, right? To, to be able yeah. to choose where you want to participate and, and then also, you know, benefit by being a contributor to that ecosystem is one of the most exciting things about Web 3.0. So I appreciate you explaining that. Everyone listening, I'd recommend just rewinding that. Uh, Linda dropped really good gems in there. And um, 
you know, we're getting close to the, the to the end of this um, conversation, but there's always a couple of questions that I try to bring up that I think you'd be really good uh, to answer. And the first one I have is now that you've been in this space for two and a half years, you've, you've seen uh, a bear market before, you've seen also a bull, and now we're back in some bearish territory. With all the information that you have right now, if you could go impart wisdom to yourself when you first got started in the Web3 space, what's something that you would tell yourself? Um... I will say there are a couple of things. I think, you know, uh, don't be afraid of the bear market. Usually a good product was born in the bear market. If we look at DeFi, right? All the the, the broad market was seeing at the time was the, uh, oh, DeFi started uh, in sort of like st- at the beginning of the second half of 2020. Um, but yeah, people DeFi didn't know summer. that. Yeah, Uniswap, Avi, all these great protocols, they were born when the market was not necessarily that supportive. So don't be, and Oasis, our own network, you know, we started uh, in early 2018 when the market was like, I remember there were uh, days and weeks where like Bitcoin dropped to $5,000 or something, right? Like they're just like, um, you know, good products, many good products were born uh, when the market was not necessarily uh, very supportive. And so... The, uh, the key is to really kind of like commit to what you're passionate about. So you have to be, you have to be doing something you're passionate about. That's give you conviction to power you through, uh, weather the storm, uh, and, uh, and continue, um, believe what you're building, uh, and, uh, and continue and really kind of like surround yourself, uh, with uh, people share a similar passion with you. So you can give each other, uh, courage and support to, uh, continue the journey. And, um, yeah. So, uh, uh, and then, and second thing I will say is, um, in the bull market, there's just, there are tons of hypes, uh, every day. There's just so many news popping, uh, popping out. So, uh, you know, I sometimes think that, you know, like, you know, uh, for, for builders out there, if you really want to, I think it's the uh, humility and the modesty that drive results versus ego, arrogance, you know, uh, those sort of things. Um, so, uh, uh, now back to the market, like, you know, when market is, uh, is, is, is bear market or like less supportive, uh, you will have less news and le- less hype and then uh, less distraction. So, which is good. Um, so, um, yeah, just, uh, uh, continue to uh, build your conviction, um, uh, commit to, uh, what you're passionate about and we're truly passionate about, uh, and, uh, cut through the noise, uh, and, uh, stay humble, stay open-minded and uh, believe, um, um, and that that will eventually drive drive results, for sure. And uh, I appreciate those two pieces of advice. Uh, you've given us a lot of really good information today, and it, a lot of tools that people can use to to be using the Oasis protocol. But what are ways that people can connect with you and learn more and and start joining some of the communities that you have with Oasis? Yeah. So uh, personally, I, I use Twitter uh, and. Uh, so my Twitter handle is Linda Lu and then uh, and the one 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 four four ones and uh, right so and uh, and the, our community members are our community team are, are widely available on Telegram on Discord on Slack uh, on Reddit on just like across a lot of channels so do follow us uh, uh, you if you go to our website alwaysprotocol.org you will find all the our handles um, on, on those channels and, uh, do find us and, uh, find our, not just me, but our amazing team members and, uh, and uh, continue the conversation with us. Absolutely. So as we wrap up here, Linda, what is a final thought that you want to leave with each of our listeners today? 
Um, um, yeah, I think um, just the bear market is not is not that scary. Um, so uh, uh, let's um, have the passion, uh, commit to what you're passionate about, and uh, let's uh, let's build. And if you're already building, let's continue building because. Uh, uh, no one really like we haven't really solved the uh, the big the really hard and big problems yet, and uh, we definitely need more people, more talents to solve those uh, big, hard, uh, uh, difficult problems together with uh, with the community. Absolutely, uh, we can get through this bear market. Uh, wag me, uh, uh, we're all gonna make it. And uh, you know, it for for people who have been through this before we just know that uh there's pain before you get to the other side of it and again as long as you're building and you're playing the long game in the crypto space you typically come out on the other side okay so linda again thank you so much for spending some time with us thank you for sharing all your amazing knowledge and of course for everyone listening make sure you stay crypto current hey crypto current crew we want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there it's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from Pirate M, who said, This podcast is great. I didn't know that much about cryptocurrency before I started listening, but now I feel great. The topics covered and guests are all fantastic. Additionally, the information is easy to understand, even if you aren't that We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.com. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. We would like to give a special shout out to our Moon sponsor, Acacia Digital. Acacia invests in partners with early stage blockchain companies who are solving complex problems in large markets. Acacia partners with projects that have established technology and communities. Acacia supports public projects exhibiting strong momentum and capacity to grow into large markets. Acacia also directly participates in limited releases such as NFTs tied to unique experiences, access, or products. For more information, go to acaciadigital.io. Again, that's acaciadigital.io. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Please use the exit now. 
Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.